0: Hello and welcome to Humans Exhaust Me, a show caused by 2020 and the whole incident that the entire year is. I'm Biz Paul here in the UK and I'm joined by my wonderful friend who is moving around the USA in an RV. It's Felicia Jones.
1: Hey Paul, how are you doing?
0: I'm I'm good. I mean, I would say how are you doing, but I mean, let's start with where are you doing?
1: where i'm doing so right now i am in flagstaff arizona in the rv and over the weekend we went to two national parks grand canyon and the petrified forest national park
0: ladies and gentlemen if you didn't know felicia jones is actually a travel influencer so she's doing all of that kind of thing she's standing on top of mountains facing away from the camera arms in the air saying (laughs) look at me and my surroundings
1: i'm i'm a wishing travel influencer so maybe i can get there one day give me about 10 years
0: you're doing a great job you are an influencer you influenced <laughs> me anyway <laughs>
1: you're always welcome to come join us in the rv
0: um yes well i i may well do that let's just see how next week pans out <laughs> and decide whether or not i want to bother um or whether in fact humans exist after 2020, who knows?
1: Oh, it will exist. And, you know, it's a direct flight, so we can make it easy for you.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, the, the the trouble is, it's like, where do I need to fly from in the UK? Because if that is Heathrow, London is already at Tier 2. And if it gets to Tier 3, then, you know, we can't really go there. Oh, by the way, by the way, apparently Tier 4 is coming.
1: Oh, there's a Tier... <laughs> Wow.
0: So, not yet, not yet officially, but you know, three tiers right. weren't enough.
1: I don't even know what tier four is. So, so basically the airport is not excluded from the tiers?
0: Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, anything goes. I mean, It probably true. is. It's
1: 2020, why not?
0: <laughs> I mean, it seems anyone can do pretty much anything they like if they say I'm exempt. So, I mean, I just use that.
1: Okay, well, just just go with that.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. What's going on in your world over there? You're keeping an eye on things on the Twitterverse. What's happening?
1: I, I am seeing some things on a Twitterverse. So what's going on in my world is we are getting ready for elections. And <laughs> everything that is trending is about elections, about people saying stupid things about elections, and people showing up for you know, these campaign parties that they're doing. And the only other thing um, that is happening is uh, that's trending is about the wildfires. So, got to send out all the love to everyone that I know in Colorado because it is burning like crazy there. And it did snow. So, hopefully, the snow will help put out some of those fires.
0: Goodness, I didn't realize that.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's this the two largest wildfires in Colorado history are happening as we speak as well as some of the largest wildfires ever in california so um the the um the western rocky regions are having a hard time right now
0: isn't the i uh, think the wildfire has been raging kind of all year doesn't it stop at some point
1: well because these areas we haven't had any rain so we are officially in one of the biggest droughts we've ever been in since oh gosh like 2013 so California doesn't have any water. Colorado's not getting in any water. And for those of you if you don't know Colorado or Denver, uh, it's a high desert. So it's high up in the mountains, but you still don't get a lot of rain.
0: Wow. Yeah. I think I think maybe we can we can exchange some rain. We have quite a lot of it. We could <laughs> we could do uh, like this this amazing trade deal that's coming apparently with America which by the way apparently Word on the street here is that Boris Johnson is backing off making decisions until after next Tuesday.
1: Oh, oh, so the the rest of the world is waiting on the United States. We are. Which makes sense because I would wait too to see what version of crazy the world is going to get.
0: Yeah, well, I uh, meant to tell you this yesterday, but I did read somewhere that in a study um, in comparing... The uh, the various states of uh, societal crisis and uh, discontent between groups in America, you're at the same level as just before the Civil War.
1: Well, now that you bring that up, a lot of people have been planning for this. So a lot of people are buying tons of toilet paper and guns because they <laughs> think there's going to be extreme levels of violence on election day and i think this is probably one of the largest gun buying years ever
0: what do you think do you think there will be violence
1: i think in certain places there will be some violence and you know it it all depends on who wins who doesn't win and who feels that they can go out and do whatever lawlessness they want to. So I do think in some areas there may be some violence. But we have been turning out numbers in large quantities for early voting. So maybe if everybody votes now, we may not have that much um, happening on Election Day.
0: Right. Yeah, I do see that, that lots of people are voting. But as I understand it, the turnout in presidential elections is never really that good, which surprises me.
1: Well, it is kind of true. There are a lot of people who don't vote here in the United States. A lot of people don't think their votes count. We are actually seeing that a lot of celebrities in their 40s and 50s, this is the first time they've ever voted, ever. Wow. Yeah.
0: Do you know, I've never, ever missed an election for anything, for local elections, even something here called the Police and Crime Commissioner, which is a bit of a weird job, but we get to vote on it. I've I've never missed a single one.
1: I've always voted in the presidential elections, and I think in the last couple of years, I may have missed some of the primary elections, but for the most part, I, I feel it's my right to to vote, so I always vote. Yeah. And I used to love voting in Georgia because they give you a little peach that says I voted. <laughs> and I was so disappointed when I moved to Colorado. They don't give you a fun sticker.
0: They don't give you a sticker?
1: You get a sticker just says I voted with like a check mark, but- Georgia gives you like a little peach and I love that.
0: Right. See, we I don't think we could be trusted on an election in polling stations here. Even the pencil is tied to the table with strings so you don't steal it.
1: <laughs> um, I can see that. That makes sense because well because it's gonna hold up the line.
0: Maybe well, maybe, but I mean anyone who's ever been to IKEA knows that you know, small pencils are ten a penny. There's well, no shortage of the government.
1: The government has to spend money. There's a budget.
0: That is true. That is true. <laughs> um, let me tell you what's going on here. Um, there's uh, we're a bit more highbrow here. We're talking about only connect. Only it's trending connect. here. What is that? Yeah, only connect is a, a quiz show. Um, it's probably the most intellectual quiz show there is on British TV. It's so hard that I don't really understand it. Like yeah. one of the rounds, you choose a symbol and I can't even tell you what the symbol is, but these clever people know what the symbol is. And then the, the, the card is revealed and then uh, other things are revealed and you have to connect the things together. You have to say what connects them. So you might get something like, um, for example, peach, pencil, dog, <laughs> corrupt politician and you might say "Ah, things that go together in an election or something perhaps Uh, it's too difficult and it has no audience even pre-Covid times
1: Why would they put something that hard on television?
0: Uh, Because it's the BBC and they probably have to be inclusive to make sure that they include clever people as well as those of us who just want to watch things like um, naked people naked attraction yeah
1: <laughs> well i mean and that that that's very inclusive programming I, I guess i get it you know be really smart on one show and just be naked on another show
0: yeah yeah yin and yang and all that
1: i used to watch this show about you are what you eat and that came out on bbc america and that was oh, fascinating right. to me and and I loved when they would go and actually put on the table everything that person ate for that week. It was kind of gross and fascinating Ooh. at the same time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 When you look at things like that, it's not it's not great. Yeah. What what you really want them to see is, you know, a nice salad, some some nice figs, maybe a little bit of organic goat's cheese, some watercress, and what you see is chips, crisps brown, food. Lots, uh, brown of, food lots of brown
1: food, <laughs> yeah. of brown food. <laughs> stay away from the brown food add some colors in
0: that's so funny eat a rainbow everyone
1: <laughs> well and that's exactly what happened and of course they tell tell everyone how many stones they lost so i would have to get out and calculate like what's a stone to pound so oh, that right, was my yeah. intellectual stimulation for an hour
0: yeah that's well, a nice little nice little quiz. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. People, 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 they are strange. That's the whole point of this show, I suppose. Um, yes, it is. Let's, let's talk about, uh, certain individuals. Let's talk about, let's talk about rich people.
1: <laughs> yes. Let's talk about rich people.
0: You know, because we, we need more of them in our lives, uh, to look up to, obviously. But, um, I think, I think rich people are helpful to society when they pay tax
1: <laughs> sounds like some shade is being thrown thrown there cool
0: that's not like me felicia
1: <laughs> well it, it was it's very interesting because one of the politicians here when they were talking about unemployment and things like that they they were saying that the average american makes four hundred thousand dollars or more and and most of us were like exactly you know what What? neighborhood do you live in
0: yeah like a year
1: that that's what they were saying and I think I forget the exact quote but it was around um paying taxes and and things like that so they were saying you know the average American no 80 percent they said 80 percent of Americans make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year and you don't want to get your taxes you know pay more taxes and people were like so what neighborhood is this that you live in? <laughs> that is not normal. And 80% of Americans don't make that much money.
0: No. I mean, I wonder what the average average US wage is. I'm it just going to type, type this if in. If I'm
1: correct, it is $37,000 a year.
0: Okay. Could it, well, hmm. see, I was going to say... According to 2020, but I mean, <laughs> when yeah. in 2020? Because surely it's a lot less now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says here, in the according to the balancecareers.com website, the average salary for US workers, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, mm-hmm. the median wage for workers in the United States in the first quarter of 2020 was $49,764 a year. Ah. Which is five point seven percent higher than the year earlier.
1: Well, we also have to remember the median is the midpoint, which is not necessarily the average. Right? Ah, yeah. correct.
0: Yeah, I so we need statistics. the mean. Yes,
1: yeah, statistics. You can kind of make up whatever you want people to hear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that is that is that is true. Um. Oh. Okay. Well. Now what's this? See, now you've got me into like a rabbit hole of statistics from, I know. from various websites because I, don't, you know, I don't even know the British numbers to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But um, average weekly, average hourly earnings. What do we want here? Minimum wages, wage growth, wages, wages. That's really mm-hmm. what you want, isn't it? Wages. Unemployment rate. Last year, seven point nine. Previous, eight point four. Highest, fourteen point seven. Well, that doesn't really tell us anything, really, does it? Yeah.
1: Um, well, it says the U.S. Census Bureau, the median personal income is $33,706 as okay. of 2018. So um, that's some way off $400,000. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> like I said, I was always, I was just curious what neighborhood, you know, somebody should have corrected her and says, not your neighborhood is the rest of America.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: But it does make sense if your neighborhood is averaging 400000 dollars a year then you would see things very differently
0: well you would
1: <laughs> yeah you would
0: i mean joe we're going through something a little bit it's not quite the same here but there's a big row here about um free school meals and oh, yeah yeah and the british government uh not providing free school meals during holiday periods when schools are not on which is which is traditionally you know they they wouldn't normally do that anyway but um in the summer they were called out by a footballer a young black footballer who has done really am- he's done such an amazing amount of um work to help poorer communities um and he said you know like his experience as a young black boy growing up in where whichever city was uh made him work hard for uh, the things that he's got. So he might want to have a word with Jared Kushner, but, uh, and he's now this sort of mega, yeah, he's now this mega rich, um, footballer, very talented guy, but he's doing all this work to try and provide food for kids. Who's, you know, it's not their fault that their parents are destitute or alcoholics or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but, uh, but are suffering as a result of it. And our government, uh, is way off the public view here which generally is that these kids should be fed and the government is saying it's not our responsibility so we're sort of days away from a complete u-turn because eventually they'll realize that they will lose an election if they don't change it but um
1: yeah that's a hard one i know when when the schools close early because of covid Um, a lot of schools weren't feeding kids and that became a hot button issue. So a lot of school districts actually did start back um, feeding kids, but the parents or the kids had to come to the school to pick it up. But I also know a lot of people who have been working these programs for years in the summertime, feeding kids. My dad works for the Boys and Girls Club here since I was before I was born and they've always fed kids over the summer so it is it is a it's a hot button issue and and i think unfortunately it really has fallen to a lot of communities to feed the kids and yeah. in a lot of states and a lot of communities have been doing that and they are they they depend on the rest of the community to donate food and time to do that
0: i mean you guys over there have more of a um, i was going to say tradition it's not quite the word i'm looking for but more of a tradition of uh not having that level of state intervention that that we have here mm-hmm. you know you don't have a a health service um whereas we 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 do and i think we have often assumed that it is government's responsibility to to do these things and to to intervene and to look after these and what's happening here is that a lot of people and businesses are sticking the hand in their pocket and and now feeding the kids much of the um i think it i think it's embarrassing frankly for the for the government that they're doing it but they just because they're so far off everyone's um you know where everyone is in terms of their 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 view on on this and it, it, i think as well it comes down to as well this sense of sharing and do you do you share wealth or not and i know that that's quite a challenge for for some in the states um well but
1: you've always had a lot of communities here and because of the school systems like some school systems never did feed their kids and um, they they all feed them now or they have programs where they're supposed to at reduce rates and things like that but um, a lot of the communities especially a lot of the black communities and the brown communities here they've always had their own separate feeding programs because you know feeding kids actually does help and they've had a lot of these programs that are provided you know by the states and federal government things like that to feed the kids but now if you don't have the money they the kids don't eat or they will literally take your food away from you and just give you like a piece of bread so we've had a lot of people who you know have tried to work around that system because they they feel you know kids should eat if you want them to sit still for eight hours a day you probably should feed them and give them something give them a great environment so that they can learn
0: yeah hundred percent hundred percent agree with that um what about what about like this as a uh, as a symbol of of our first world western consumerist society because there's a there's a lot of wealthy people out there and not all wealthy people are that keen on sharing sharing the love are they
1: well it, it i i'm going to just say that when you have an extreme amount of wealth and i will go ahead and say a little bit of privilege you have a different perspective on things and a lot of people feel you need to earn you know earn earn your keep or pull yourself up by the bootstraps and sometimes I think wealthy people do forget that there is a community around that surrounds uh, an overall wealth, that, that type of thing. So, but when you, if you do live in a community where everyone does make $400,000 a year and you really don't have diverse friends, you're definitely going to see the world very differently and your level of charity may be very different. So, um, but, I just think it's what you're exposed to.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's important that we don't tie everyone with the same brush here. I mean, there are some people that really just give uh, you know, they've accumulated. I mean, let's take um Bill and Melinda Gates. I mean, yeah. whether or not you believe they created coronavirus or they're gonna implant microchips in you in the vaccine <laughs> that they're creating or not, you know, that's that's up to you guys. But yeah. um, you know, they have, as I understand it, you know now spend a, a large proportion of their own personal wealth giving that away setting up the foundation setting things up for the people i think i read somewhere that they've limited what their children can inherit yes um to to do that and i wonder whether you whether you can put a price or not a price a figure on what is what is the amount of uh, wealth that you need to have before or you don't need to earn any more
1: Oh, wow, that is a that we need another show for that one. Um, <laughs> my husband and I, we were just talking about that what is enough. And I think that is just so hard to determine because, you know, we have friends that make four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, and they feel like they need to keep making more money because they need more because, you know, having two million dollars in a bank account is not enough. And then you have other friends who, They make $47,000, they go travel the world and they say, you know what, I just need enough so I can pay my bills and eat every day. But that is such a hard discussion on trying to figure out what is enough. And sometimes I think when you start making that much money, I think there's just a game in trying to figure out how much more you can keep making.
0: Yes, I think I think you're right. It becomes like what is the the next number and the next number. It's like it's well, I think kind of money is a drug anyway, but it's it's kind of that element to it, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> people say Jeff Bezos could end world poverty because he's making you know two thousand dollars a second or twenty thousand dollars a second or what? two million dollars a second. I don't know what he's making, but yeah. they say he could end world poverty, but chooses not to.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that's. I mean, one, I I would kind of argue, how would you go about doing that? I mean, you have the money, but what are the elements that you need to do that? But yeah, I mean, if you could do more, should you do more? And at what point is your money yours versus everybody else's? And I've always thought it was just a, a, a hard discussion to have. Especially when us regular folks are in other people's wallets. It's kind of like marriage advice. Uh, (laughs) You're getting in my bank account telling me what I should be spending money on. But if it was the reverse, you know, it would be a very different conversation. So I I don't know. I think there is definitely a lot of wealth in this world. And we always look at, you know, of course, the billionaires. But I mean the more I travel, the more I see that there's a lot of just regular people with a lot of money in their bank accounts. And I don't know whose responsibility it is to take care of everyone else, but I can also see where some people say, well, I, I worked hard. I, I did the 15 hours a day. I earned my money. You go earn yours. And I think sometimes, um, we get into that mode because I'm sure you see it in our entrepreneur world where we see our other business owners who are, you know, they're so successful now. And when they tell you their story, it was just like, you know, I just woke up and I work hard and that's all you have to take and you can do it too, you know, versus mm. they don't, not telling you the real story. You know, my mommy gave me $500,000 and I called my <laughs> great uncle. They gave me 20,000. And I just happened to have a whole bunch of friends who were investment bankers, but, you know, besides the point.
0: That's so true. That's so true. And do you know what else? It's also uh, people who have lots of money, but don't buy a round of drinks.
1: <laughs> rich people can be cheap.
0: Oh, I mean, they say that like money makes money or and and stuff like that. And rich people are rich because they don't spend it. I think that there's definitely some truth in that, but there's nothing worse than someone with money not buying the round or like being the last one, the last one. Like if I, if I know somebody is doing better than me, which is quite, quite often, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, and they're not, they're not first. I mean, I don't think it's, I'm not asking them to show off. I don't think people should rush to say I've got the most money. Therefore I'll go to the bar first and get the first round. Uh, But you know, soon ish, into the the order would be would be good
1: (laughs) i i have noticed that it seems like when rich people are around other broke people they won't pay but when they're around other rich people it becomes a pissing contest oh god yeah so the advice to everyone listening is to be around the rich people when they're in a pissing contest you get great meals (laughs) (laughs) i've been there you get amazing meals (laughs)
0: That is so funny. Do you know what? I just it's just in terms of like life lessons that that I've learned, I would say when I was first um, starting out, and I was you know trying to do a lot of networking and getting into trying to get into certain circles and and or trying to trying to make connections, I did not understand uh, the power of generosity like I do now.
1: Ooh, explain.
0: Well. I, I actually I actually remember I'll, I'll tell I'll tell this story I'm I'm embarrassed by this story actually but I'll tell it because I think it's a, I think it's a decent lesson I did and I did learn from it It was actually a trip to the states that I went I went to a conference mm-hmm. and I met up with someone that um, I hadn't met up for in real life before but I, I knew them from from social media you know as is always the case go meet strangers and um, we're having a few cocktails. And the price of the cocktails were like I thought they were really expensive. It was like twenty dollars right? a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that's expensive. It turned, well, it turns out that's not that expensive. For well, by all accounts. Anyway, 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 anyway. So I did the kind of well, what happened was the bill came, and as we've mentioned before, I didn't understand the American bill. <laughs> I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't understand what all the numbers meant and what the actual final figure was. Anyway, the person that I was with um, just went, "Oh, don't worry, I will get it." Not not in a grumpy way, like I've just suggested, but you know, "Oh, don't worry, I I will get it." And I was like, "Oh, well, we can split it." And they're like, "No, I will get it." And I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and. Afterwards, I was like, oh, I should have just, whatever, it didn't matter whether it was expensive, I should have just gone, I will get it. And uh, ever since, not well, not ever since, I don't always do this, but the lesson that I learned was actually, it's better to just go straight in with the offer to buy it. Because the value that that, that brings from everybody else, I think is worth it
1: you know i've gotten to that point i don't worry about splitting things now if it's a outrageous bill you know was like hey you want to split this but usually if like if i'm around somebody for a while and i know we're gonna eat again you know it's like i'll take yeah you know that's okay i'll take care of it because i know somebody else will it's almost like a pay it forward type thing yes yeah yeah
0: yeah so I pr- I definitely prefer to do that these days. And that and therefore I guess, hopefully, I wouldn't be classed as one of these people who've got a bit of money that are stingy <laughs> and aren't going to, you know, they're just miserly and they aren't going to contribute to these things. They're not they're not going to suggest going to the fancier hotel. They're not going to suggest, you know, going to the nicer, nicer restaurant that everyone would enjoy because they just don't want to spend the money.
1: Well, you know, now we'll say this. Now, if our bill is like $700, we will be splitting some things.
0: (laughs) Hey, Felicia, if our bill is $700, we have had a great time.
1: (laughs) We have. We've actually, uh, we have some friends who, they're pretty cheap for the most part, but they will drop a lot of cash for Michelin star restaurants. And when we travel, the one thing that my husband and I, we, we have a travel, we have a vacation account. So we put money into the vacation account, and the goal is, or the rule is, whenever we are on vacation, whatever is in there can be spent. And we were with these friends, and we went to a Michelin star place, and I think the bill came back at like $756. And I told my husband, I said, I hope you enjoy this, because this ain't happening ever again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, i don't know 700 dollars worth of food um it was a good experience because that type of restaurant experience is very different but i was like yeah this is a once a year thing don't don't expect this every day
0: but the food's so small at these places there's like a a two centimeter cube of like ox cheek
1: well but they know but it's like they have it's choreographed like waitresses all the food goes down at the same time you have the wine pairings me personally I couldn't keep up with the wine pairing so I was like four glasses in and everybody had to help me drink my wine but um, I was disappointed in the dessert because my thing is if I'm gonna spend over seven hundred dollars I need to have a dessert that's gonna make me like I don't know touch myself or something
0: And (laughs) and what was the dessert do you remember
1: I, I don't remember. That's the problem. That I usually good? remember every other dessert. I think it was, it was a little tiny thing, and it was more like a, a fruit pastry thing, and it just wasn't good.
0: Uh, I you at least want a nice sticky toffee pudding with some creme anglaise, which know. has had vanilla pods in it that has been organically willed to grow. <laughs> That's what you want. Oh, with... um with a, you know, with a vermouth foam or air or gravel or soil.
1: That sounds cool, but I could have taken some vanilla ice cream and a chocolate chip cookie.
0: I -hmm. am that simple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you said it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. So what lessons can we learn then about, about wealth and, um, not not the not the overall distribution of it, but uh, on a personal level, I think I think we're saying that it's it's a good thing to be generous.
1: It's a good thing to be generous, and but you got to watch your pennies. <laughs> watch your pennies, or you can be like this young lady. Uh, we were husband and I were in a department store called Kohl's here, and this one young lady was walking by with her mom, and she says, "Mom," and her mom's like, "What." She said, next time I get married, I'm going to marry for money. And I was like, wow, that is like some good advice right there. (laughs) So next time, if anything else, just marry for money. You don't have all these problems, I guess.
0: It turns out this is part two of last episode's marriage advice section. (laughs) Marriage advice. That's the only
1: marriage advice I'll give. Just marry for money.
0: (laughs) Marry for money. (laughs) Uh, Good advice. It's been lovely talking to you about (laughs) money in particular, Felicia. I mean, this this is why... This is why you are a a national TV uh, legend on Daily Blast Live.
1: A a legend. Okay, sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time.
1: See ya. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.